Thanks for listening to another episode of How Good Is Rugby League? We're stoked to be back for season five, and this year we're coming back bigger and better than ever. That's right, Michael. You've been busy over the off-season. We're now on Instagram, X, YouTube, and TikTok. And, of course, you can listen to us on all podcasting platforms. Now it's time for another episode of How Good Is Rugby League? Hello and welcome to tonight's contest of How Good Is Rugby League. Sitting opposite me in the red and green corner, I have my co-host tonight wearing the red and green shorts, fighting out of the burrow, Emmanuel Pangos. Emmanuel, how are you? Michael, I have just put in my fake teeth uh, and I am fired up and ready to go. I have been so excited for this. I've actually been slightly petrified for this. Firstly, commiserations. It's another year done and another year where Souths have beat the Roosters, put on more than 50 and ruined your premiership hopes. So uh, my sincere condolences to you. Um, how are you feeling? How are, as, a, as a genuine sort of, can we have a bit of a pulse check on Roosters fans at the moment? They've been palpitating since Friday night, 61st minute. I've seen tantrums. I've seen drama. I don't know if, if things have just got a bit the better of you during this lockdown, but how are you going? Uh, look, I'm a bit nervous that I'm about to go toe-to-toe with someone with a law degree right now, and this could get very interesting. Um, <laughs> but, look, this is the most exciting uh, thing that's happened to the Roosters since Seb Wolf came into the league in round four, was it? With Our season has been... You know, a bit subdued considering we lost Kiri so early on. And nothing brings out Roosters fandom like a clash against South Sydney. It's the same the other way. When these two teams meet, Emmanuel, there's always fireworks and drama. And it's never, the game never ends at the end of the whistle. There's always a, there's always a storyline that comes out of it. And of course, we're talking about Latrell Mitchell breaking Joseph Manu's face. And. Look, let's start. Let's start with it, Emmanuel. I'm going to set the clock at 20 minutes because I don't want to go any longer than that. Um, and and I, don't, I don't know if our audience wants us to go any longer than that. But, so, for those who haven't seen it, uh, get out of the rock that you're hiding underneath. Um, Latrell Mitchell, uh, covering tackle, trying to take Joseph Manu. Collects, uh, connects his shoulder to Joseph Manu's cheekbone and shatters his face, basically. That's what happened. Uh, what ensued after was a myriad of refereeing decisions that I, I can't understand. And oh, there's Bunker, that line again. There's that line. Bunker, 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 oh, look, the game, the game continued uh, for a good minute after the hit happened. Uh, the whistle wasn't blown. They came back. They blew it. Joseph Manu ran up to Latrell Mitchell, yelled, why'd you do that to me, bro? Crying. You could see that at that point he had a bit of blood on his face. His cheek had not swollen up at that point yet. And Latrell just kind of brushed him off. And then all hell ensued. And eventually Latrell got simbined. And then, yeah, after that, the game was just chaos. There was every, every second tackle... Players were coming together. 
resulted in a little scuffle, uh, seeing two players sent to the bin uh, in Satili Tupanua and Dane Gagai. And she like, the thing is, the game was so entertaining for a blowout of Manu. That's the thing. The game was great for a scoreline that was 54 to 12. And people weren't even talking about the scoreline because of how entertaining the game was, despite what happened with Latrell and Manu. So, look, I'm going to pass it over to you. I'm going to let you have your thoughts first, and then I might try and retaliate. Go for it. Okay. Latrell Mitchell, Michael, is, a, is an aggressive player. As a, as, a, as a Roosters fan, you have always been so proud of the fact that he has... He wears his heart on his sleeve and plays with the ultimate aggression. He won two premierships for you. He was the, he was the godsend of your club in your struggling 2016 season. Latrell Mitchell was the green shoot as he played every week in a Roosters team that lost in a year when you, you came 15th, okay? Latrell wins two premierships. And then at the end of the 2019 season, his contract negotiations break down and the Roosters can't get rid of him quick, quick enough. Nick Politis is happy to let him go anywhere other than Souths. Then suddenly no one wants him and they're happy to let Souths take him. Souths take him. Souths done pretty well, despite the fact he hasn't been on the, on the field for us a lot of the time. He's, he's playing some great football. And I think there's a bit of frustration with the fact that all his mates on the other side playing for the tricolors suddenly up against him. And he he's a passionate and aggressive player. Okay, and I want to dispute some of the some of the myths that are out there at the moment. So the first one is that Latrell ran in with intent to break Joey Manu's face. That's nonsense. Nonsense. He's a player that wears a his heart on his sleeve, and he came in. Okay, and Manu had been ducking and weaving and causing chaos on that right side for the Roosters, as he's done all year. He's one of the greatest players in the Roosters, as you've said. He's your favourite player. Um, he's got incredible footwork. He's got incredible skill. He's probably the game's next million-dollar player that's going to be the cause of a bidding war. You can't just stop him with a covering tackle, okay? You can't, you can't just stop him. Yeah, sorry, jump in. So I agree. I, and I, I'm going to say this. I don't think any player goes out there with the intent to hurt someone else. So I don't think, I don't think he intended to hurt Joseph Manu. Continue. Yeah, okay, so... But my issue is with a lot of the fallout of this, and, and it's very helpful because South season is probably uh, a bit shakier than it was because Luttrell is the strike player. It's been very unhelpful the last couple of days to have the slanging off of Luttrell went in with intent and this charge was not strong enough. This charge is what it was. This was a tackle that went wrong. This is a tackle that went wrong and Luttrell gets the punishment and the priors from earlier in the season, I think it's six charges since he joined Souths, including three from that Tigers game, that, that that's a fair cop. He Souths haven't Souths haven't fought this punishment because there's no point fighting this punishment. This punishment is not something you see the the end game here. The end game is that Joey Manu has a broken face. Okay, but should Joey Manu's injury be taken into consideration in all of this? It's going to be inevitably. But Brandon Smith got fined for his incident on the weekend, and that's all he gets for 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 a similar outcome in a similar tackle in the game between uh, the Storm and the Eels. Okay, so uh, there's, a, there's a bit of the fact that this is Latrell Mitchell and it's the Roosters aggrieved with him because it's their star player and their former star player and it's the two bitter rivals, okay? I have, I, have a lot of, I have a lot of issue with Latrell's aggression to the point where I don't think, I don't think he showed remorse, okay? I, I genuinely think that 
the, the optics of what he did afterwards were not great. I, I do think there was a lot of genuine frustration with himself. And I, I think as, as sort of he went on, uh, went off the field, he sort of realised that the, the seriousness of what he'd done and the damage he'd done, it probably cost, it's ruined his mate's face. It's, 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 it's probably cost him friendships. Uh, it's definitely cost him the chance of playing for Souths this season. And I think he's aware of all this. But then I think all that gets compounded with the sort of the, the I guess, the what was going on on the field at that time when all of his sudden ex-mates are coming up against him and want a piece of him and off the sideline too. And so when he came back on and scores that try and body slams the ball down and nearly hits, I think, Ben Marshke in the head, that is not a good look for him. I don't like that. But I'm a South player that doesn't, I'm a South supporter that doesn't like every week when Luttrell scores a try and regardless of whether he scored one for the Roosters or scored one for Souths and he bombs the ball up into the air as if he saved the day. I get it. It's part of his aggression. He's a proud player and he loves his football, but I just don't think the game needs that. I don't think it needs that. Okay. So I have, I have no problem with his punishment. I think the tackle was wrong. I don't think it was, I don't think it was right. I have, a, I have a lot of issues with what's come out of this, though. But if you want to jump in now, feel free. Okay, so uh, the charge was grade two reckless. And a reckless charge has more of a punishment and more consequences than a careless charge. And that's one of the debates that's gone on. Is it a careless tackle or is it a reckless tackle? Uh, I kind of lean towards reckless. The issue was, Emmanuel, and uh, look, I... The, the Roosters players mouthing off at Latrell on the sideline and the Roosters players getting angry at Latrell and the confrontation between him and Jared Rhea Hargraves and all that other stuff, that is, and Adam Reynolds says it as well, that's understandable. These players are backing up their mates. You see yeah. someone get hurt, it's going to happen. This is rugby league. They're going to talk shit. They're going to trash talk each other. They're going to get angry when one player goes out and hits another player in the face, especially when that player is mates with everyone on the roster. Right? Um... So that let's just leave. That's just the drama of rugby league. That's fine. The media has blown that out of proportion. And I think that's one issue that you have is that the media has taken this and run with it and made it a huge story. Latrell, uh, look, uh, as I said, I don't think Latrell went in there with the intent to hit it. It was a football play that went wrong. I completely agree with that. What should have happened, though, is he should have been sent off. It should have been a send-off. And that's the issue. I think a lot of this... And uh, the the whole coming back on the field, scoring, throwing the ball at Marshall's head would have stopped and wouldn't uh, the flare ups that continued throughout the game. A lot of it would have been dissipated if you did if Latrell did get sent off in the first place. I think letting him come back on uh, was a bad decision. Yeah, uh, and 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 this is this is the big ire of the Roosters fans at the moment is that. This is the second time that a player has been injured and sent to the hospital before the end of the game and nothing and the wrong punishment was doled out. I think that's the frustration of the Roosters fans at the moment. Uh, can I say that I, I, people who are sending Latrell and his uh, his partners death threats is just – it's not on. That shouldn't happen. It's, just, uh, it's disgusting. It's disgusting. It's wrong. It's, it is yeah, absolutely yeah. disgusting. I'm not – like I, I do not condone that whatsoever. But yeah, look, it was it was a football play. It happened. Latrell should have been suspended for however long. It's look, six weeks is a long time, right? It's yeah. part of the loading. And we said, well, I've, I've I I hate the loading. I've said this about Victor Radley before as well. You know, it, it's un, I, I just I think it's it's rough that uh, each play, uh, each time you do something, it, it 
uh, adds up and like you get a longer band. Rugby league lost out of this because Latrell Mitchell is not playing in the grand final. The NRL lost in the finals. Rugby NRL lost and South lost because they don't get their one of their best players to play, and the NRL don't get to sell uh, sell tickets with Latrell's face on it. I'm telling you right now, a lot of South's ad campaigns for the finals had Latrell on them, and they've had to remove all that and change tax. So, look, it, it, whatever happened, it was a football player. I have nothing against Latrell. I love Latrell. And he's and, and as you said, he's he he plays with aggression, and you love it sometimes, but it can cost you sometimes. My grievances is more with the way it was handled and the fact that the bunker got it wrong yet again, and how many times the bunker has got it wrong, and it's almost as if the crackdown didn't exist uh, for those four weeks that it happened. That's my grievance. I, I whatever Latrell did, he's copped the punishment. Unfortunately, Joey's gonna gonna. Be out for the rest of the season as well, but rugby injuries happen in rugby league. It happens every time, every year. Players are going to get injured. Unfortunately, it was a bad tackle, and he's going to going to pay the consequences. Yeah, one one argument I'm not really a fan of at the moment is that Wayne Bennett should have left Latrell off for the rest of the game because he wasn't sent off. And I think that's a ridiculous argument because Wayne Bennett probably knows that he probably had about 20 minutes left of Latrell for the rest of the season. Yeah. And which is probably part of the reason he was so aggressive because he's like, I've just completely effed up here and I've got to make it up to my team because that's it. Um, but if, if I was Souths, I'd probably be negotiating some sort of, you know, requirement about not getting suspended in the next contract. Just, you know, that's a significant amount of time on the sidelines this yeah. year and last year now. Um, which is quite unfortunate. Michael, my grievances, to be honest, are, are not with on-field. My, my grievances are, are a lot with Trent Robinson and his reaction. Um, and I, I've got a notepad, and I, I feel a bit like Phil Rothfield right now, but I've just written down some things. Can you, can so, you, give, us, can you give us an impersonation? Give us your CD old bastard impersonation. Guys, can I just say, I've spoken to the Roosters. Okay, so... <laughs> Uh, the Roosters have hit with, been hit with a $40,000 breach notice, so $10,000 for alleged abuse of match officials during the match, $20,000 for comments made by Trent Robinson following the match, everyone's seen them, and $10,000 will be activated if the club is found to have breached NRL rules regarding public commentary on match officials. But this isn't the only time this has happened. 12th of May 2021 this year, Trent Robinson uh, came out after a 31-18 loss uh, to Parramatta. Um, which, of course, was the game with the um, infamous uh, knees to the back of Jack Hetherington and said, that's ridiculous, the bunker's incompetent, $10,000 fine. Then there was Anzac Day 2016. The Roosters were one from eight this season. One from eight. Up to $40,000 fine because Cummins is disrespectful to Sydney Roosters players. And as John Graham said at the time, the referee didn't lose the game, the Roosters lost the game. I have a serious issue with Trent Robinson using using the referees as an excuse every time things don't go his way. This is a distraction from the fact it's the biggest loss the Roosters had this season, followed by the thumping that Souths gave at the end of last season. That's two absolute beltings by Souths um, over the last two years. It's the fact they're not going to finish in the top four, which will be the first time, except for that Mitchell Pierce season, where the Roosters won't have finished in the top four. And I, I just think these are wrong distractions. I think it's a really bad look for the game and a really poor look for the Roosters which pride themselves on success, but run and cry every time the referees aren't in their corner after a loss and also run and cry um, when things aren't going their way. Now, the Roosters seem to get more concessions than anyone else in every other aspect of the game and no one seems to care. 
They got Joseph Sawali in. Sonny Bill Williams came back. Uh, they got an NRL women's team without having juniors at a time when other clubs like Souths and Cronulla did have them. But for some reason, when they can't control that, the instinct is to blame the refs. There was an article a few weeks ago saying the Roosters have a minus 243 penalty count over the last however many seasons, what conveniently timed on the edge of the finals. The last time I saw South lost the penalty count 11-2 the week before, I didn't see anyone bat an eyelid. But Robinson comes out every time. It's, it's just not on. It's not right. It's not appropriate. And this has been such a talking point, and all it does is distract from the fact they got absolutely pumped and they conceded uh, 30 points in the last 19 minutes of the game. Look, I agree that it distracted and I, it distracted the, uh, uh, distracted uh, away from the result of the game. I think that's on purpose. But, Emmanuel, do you think Latrell should have been sent off? Yes. Yes. Okay. And, and if... If a player gets injured, like I understand why he's frustrated at that, especially when it was, it, it it took Joey Manu running over to Latrell for them to actually have a serious look at this rather than just give a penalty for a high shot. I think that's the issue. It's and look, we we are on the bad end of a penalty count every so often. I get it, right? We don't complain every week. The two times he's complained these last this season has been two injury related incidents that weren't dealt with properly on the field. There, that's what he's blown up at. And that I kind of understand. Look, we're, we're a team that whatever we say, whatever happens, we're going to be in the limelight because of the Roosters. Everyone thinks that we're the Glamour Club and we get concessions, like you say. Uh, you have a hatred for us and that's why you find this so frustrating, right? Uh, the first thing that you said after the penalty game was, oh, the 11-2 penalty game. You had a look on Twitter and every single South fan was talking about the 11-2 penalty count. So don't tell me that no one batted an eyelid. It happens. But your team got your team was frustrated in that game and they gave away those penalties. And it, it happens. You're going to lose a penalty count sometimes, Emmanuel. Right? The reason oh, why... Oh, Roosters fan complains and says you're going to lose a penalty count sometimes. Roosters we... fan complain all the time about losing penalty count. Yeah, and, and, and I know you're talking about the fact that we lost... 54 to 12. Uh, we had $6.3 million worth of our salary cap. And here comes the joke of what's our salary cap compared to everyone else. $6.3 million of a $9.8 million salary cap was sitting on the sidelines. There was I messaged you before the game saying this is going to be close to 60 like last year because of how, how weak our team was. Half those players, and we read a st- I read a stat last week, Sam Walker, there was like four players who had more experience on the Roosters' side than Sam Walker last, last week, which is ridiculous. And Sam Walker made his debut this year. We were never going to win that game. I didn't think it was going to be close. And I think the fact that everything blew up the way it did was a great distraction from the Roosters, uh, distracting you away from what the scoreline was. Look, look we're six. We can still finish fourth if we beat Raiders and Manly lose and Parrot lose. So we're not out of it. And I still think that six, given the injuries that we've had this year, the retirements that we've had, the long-term injuries, is a pretty good effort. Uh, so It's look, incredible. I'm- it's fantastic. So did the performance need to be had? That's what I don't understand. The other thing I've got a grievance with is that every week, Maria Hargraves and Radley are in the news for their aggression and Trent Robinson comes into a press conference and says that, you know, I love Latrell, but Latrell needs to get that out of his game. Did he tell him at the Roosters to get that out of his game? 
And I have so much admiration for Wayne Bennett because he just called it as it was, as it is, and said he's got to look, Robertson should look at his own backyard. And that's all Wayne has said on it because he knows not much can be said. Yeah, but that Wayne, was enough to do it. Wayne, Wayne knows, Wayne was smart enough to know that his play is probably going to get rubbed out of his, for the rest of the season and don't soak the fire. Wayne, Wayne played it smart. And look, yes, you said Radley and Hargraves are aggressive, right? But, you know, one of Radley's suspensions this year was a play trying to save the game, trying to block a, a field goal. And the other suspension this year was all those charges against the Broncos back in the crackdown that probably wouldn't, no one would bat an eyelid at this point in the game, right? That's the difference. I think Latrolls was a, a bad hit. It was one of the worst that we've seen this year, probably second to the Fui Mayono hit on Ryan Pappenhausen. Uh, so I, yeah, look, we have gone, we're close, Emmanuel. We've gone 18 minutes. <laughs> I didn't give you a 10-minute warning. Uh, do, you know what, do you know what's actually going to be quite interesting, just while we're still on this rivalry? Because yeah. they absolutely, Michael, can I tell you what I did? Um, over the weekend because I was so curious to know and I'm yeah. so satisfied that my team has won more premierships than your team Yes, that I did a chance just okay. to have a look and see if there was any point where your team was ahead of my team on overall premierships. Anyway, that aside. Okay. The other <laughs> thing is, Emmanuel, Latrell's out for six weeks now. So yeah. say that you lose week one of the finals against Penrith. Yes. Right? You play this week, you lose week one against the uh, Penrith, that's uh, two weeks. Yeah. Right? You just say you beat the team coming sixth, who comes yeah. sixth and gets through, right? Yeah. That's three yeah. weeks, four weeks. Yeah. The NRL schedule makers will make sure that Roosters versus South next year does not happen on opening night. They will make sure that Latrell is back. The first game Latrell is back will be against the Roosters. I, I'm predicting that now. So this is what I was going to ask you. Do um, trials count for judiciary? No, they do not. No, they do not. No. So round three it is. It was round, round three, three this year, I think. So yeah. Yeah. Or wasn't he injured though last year? He tore his hamstring, so he wasn't injured. He came back. He was back first No, round. yeah, so the start of this year. But also – Yeah, so I mean, we, yeah, interesting... we, burst, we yeah. burst each other round three, yes. Yeah. The other interesting thing is that South and the Roosters could actually play each other in a couple of weeks. They could. They could. Uh, yeah. if, if Roosters are sixth place and Souths uh, are third and lose, they burst each other uh, second week of the finals. So, yeah, could be very interesting. We could be doing this all again. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? All right. Time's <laughs> up, Emmanuel. Time okay. is up. All right. My We're alarm's done. going off. We're done. We're done. We're done. happy? We're still friends? Because we've both lost our players. <laughs> yeah, look, both our seasons are over. <laughs> At least we think. All right. Let's get on to we the think. final okay, round so, of the competition. So before we do that, let's just give a quick update. Now, I got a very important message this week yep. from our tipping leader, Nick Saturis, yep. uh, who informed me that, um, you know, he just wants to know he's seven points clear of second place. Seven points Yep. But he just wanted to check if finals counted towards the tipping comp because uh, he's a little bit concerned about his league. They do not. Like, you can tip in the finals, but for all intents and purposes, and the comp will continue, but for all intents and purposes, it's the regular season. So we will. Yeah. the final results that we will post will be at the end of this round. Yeah. Well, we'll have to, we'll have to think of some sort of prize for him. Um, I've got a couple in mind. Should we give him a comp? Bring him on. Uh, 
I was thinking that one. I also had another one, but I can't say it on air. So okay. I will leave message, that one. You'll message me after. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm worried already. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. So Thursday, so round 25, we're up to the final round of the regular season. I can't yeah. believe we're here. I didn't think the whole thing would be played out of um, Queensland at this point. Um, so six, um, six of the eight games, I think it is, uh, have an impact on the top eight this week. Um, or something like that. So um, very important matches ahead. So, Mike, let's get into it, shall we? Yep, let's do it. Okay, so Thursday night, the Raiders and the Roosters. This one should be a cracker. Uh, the Roosters have some firepower back. So Adam Kieran, Angus Crichton, Saluka Fafita, JWH, Josh Morris, Mike, who announced his retirement this week, yep. and Ikevalu are all back. Um, and for um, Canberra, Elijah Anderson, Sia Soliola, Sam Williams, Falemi, and Mooney are all in as well. Uh, Nickel Clockstar makes his first run-on start since re- returning from a neck injury. Rafana shifts to the wing to take over from Simonson. Um, Tarpanay's knee injury in round 24 um, hasn't seemed to affect him. He's been named to play. And Croker's immediate future remains unclear as he battles a knee injury. Um, the Roosters have all those stars back. Fletcher Baker has been charged um, for a crusher against Souths. Taukeaho has avoided injury and Liam Knight has been charged and suspended for that um, cannonball tackle, Mike. Um, so this one should be an interesting one. Now, Canberra are currently sitting in ninth spot uh, on 22 points with a four and against of minus 73. The Roosters are in sixth. The Roosters could, if results all went their way, end up in the top four, um, but it would require... Um, them winning, uh, the Eels losing, and the Seagulls also losing. Uh, and for Canberra, they would just want to win to maximise their chances of making the finals. Um, Michael? Uh, I, I wonder if Takiyaho does play after it wasn't a cannibal, it was a hip drop tackle on Liam Knight. Hip drop, sorry, yeah, not cannibal. Um, yeah, I, I'm tipping the Roosters just because they've been a better team all year. And there was a very scary point this week where we might have had we have eight uh, centers and wing wings on our uh, on our roster and Daniel Tupo at the start of the week looked like he was going to be the only fit one, uh, which is was a concern. But we have some troops returning, which will really help. Uh, Angus Crichton is a big help as well. Isaac Liu has been really good. Had his 200th game on the weekend. Uh, you messaged me just saying how under, understated the player he is. Um, and yeah, Jay Royer Hargraves back as well. You got that in force, you got that forward leader. Interesting that Sam Walker's on the bench. We saw that happen a couple weeks ago, I think it was, and he came on and had an immediate impact against the Dragons. I'm tipping the Roosters. It'll be a close game though. Uh, Canberra have been playing all right of late, but I don't know, they, they haven't, they haven't beaten the top team. So they got the other than Manly. During the origin period, I think so. I'm tipping, I'm tipping the Roosters. Yeah, I'm probably going to go for the Roosters. I think, I think they'll be fired up after last week. Um, they've got some real reinforcements back. Uh, a lot of experience, uh, Morris, Hargraves, and Crichton. So, um, I'll probably tip them as well. Now, the early game on Friday, the Sharks are playing. Uh, the Storm, so the ins for the Sharks are Magulius, Tamo, Tamoipu and Lualua 
And for Melbourne, Penne, John Spanukin, Atkinson, Jeremiah, Jennings, Jordan Grant, Seve, Big Nelson, Riley Jacks, and Loyero. Um, and of quite a few being rested as well. So for Cronulla, Moylan returns to the starting side for the first time since round 15, and Metcalf moves to the bench in the only change to the side, which knocked off the Broncos last week. Um, Melbourne, Jesse Bromwich suspended for a crusher, and Addo Carr will also miss round 25 with that hamstring. Now, that one could be a concern for them. Um, George Jennings returns from a knee injury on the wing, and Nelson's back. Kamakamika is the only other starting prop, and Welch has been rested. Munster has also been rested. Nico plays in number six. Fanukan returns and Harry's reverts to the bench and Brandon Smith shifts from lock to hooker. Kafusi and Kenny are also being rested. Um, so Storm resting a few. Uh, minor premiership is up for grabs. If they win, it's theirs. Um, but I think they've got their eyes on the bigger prize and going back to back. Yeah, uh, Mel, I think Billy Slater put it really well the other night uh, during the Parramatta Storm game where Storm, the individual players, they've got some great individual players. They weren't working as a team, though. They all tried to like win the game themselves, and they, there was no teamwork there. Uh, Ryan Pappenhausen is still finding it. This is his third game back at fullback after a long layoff. Harry Grant hasn't had too much game time. Jerome Hughes, uh, you know, is has a different halves partner every week. Nico Hines is moving around the field. So, look, a lot of people are making a, making a big deal out of this storm loss. Uh, Parramatta is the only team that they haven't beaten this year, which is interesting. Um, I, just, I just still think Melbourne has to go into these, into these finals as one of the favourites to win, regardless of this one loss after 20 wins, 19 wins of manual. Yes, they couldn't take the record. But, you know, a lot of people said after you go on these big, big streaks, it's always nice to get your loss out of the way before the finals come. But I think Melbourne are fine. I think a lot of the, a lot of the critics saying that uh, they're falling apart a little bit have gone a bit too far after one loss. They're fine. They're Melbourne. They're going to be all right. Uh, they just need a few more reps. I think some of those players who have had some long stints out – Melbourne, for me, despite all the players that they got out, I still think they're better than the Sharks, and they lock up that minor premiership. Not that the minor premiership is a big deal uh, at the moment. No, um, yeah. Just to add to that, I thought Melbourne, just things last week looked clunky. Um, Passes weren't sticking. The timing was off. But, again, you can't be good every week. Uh, As I said to you, it's nice that, that that record didn't fall because I just think that, that 74-75 Roosters team is, is always just so highly regarded yeah. um, as one of the mighty teams of um, rugby league history. So the that's other, good that the one other, The other thing is, Emmanuel, like after a loss, what happens to Melbourne? Craig Bellamy yeah. lights a fire under them and they come out yeah. and destroy the team that they burst the week after. Like We've seen it so many times. Yeah, and I'm sure that some of these players knew they were going to be rested and probably had one item next to that rest week anyway. Exactly, so, exactly. Um, they will be fine. So you're tipping Melbourne? I am tipping Melbourne. Yeah, same. Okay, so this one is interesting. Friday night is the Battle of the West um, on the Gold Coast. So Eels host the Panthers. Um, Junior Paulo misses the game after he was suspended with a, with a shoulder charge and Gutho is being rested. Um, so Perham will take over at fullback in his first game for the club. Neocore is out after his head knock um, and Papali'i and um, Nathan Brown are being rested ahead of the finals. 
Kafusi, Makatello, Cartwright, Hip, Grave, and Stone all come into the starting pack. Samuel Loizel and Kai Rodwell and second gamer Sean Russell are the new faces on the bench. Will Smith and Jake Arthur are the halves and Dylan Brown and Mitch Moses being rested. Opacek returns and will partner Oldfield in the centres with Wagga Blake also having a rest. For the Penrith, their full strength. Um, Lenu has been listed amongst the reserves and could be in for a return should Cleary decide to rest one of his forwards. If Melbourne lose and, Param- and Penrith win, Penrith will take the minor premiership. Now, Michael, what are your thoughts on Parramatta resting all these players? I find it <clears throat> incredibly interesting. Incredibly yeah. interesting, considering they play before Manly. We, we spoke about this probably a couple... I asked you the question a couple of weeks ago. Would you rather finish fourth and get two cracks at it or finish fifth and verse eighth in the first week? Uh, and we both agree that you'd prefer to finish fourth. Parramatta have said, we don't give a shit, and we'd prefer to finish... Uh, we'd prefer to have an easier week one opponent. Apparently, they don't care about this result, and they're basically thrown in the towel already, which I, I don't like. I really don't like. I don't like what what message that sends to your playing group and to the league. And, yeah, I just I, I really dislike it. Um, you know, a lot of these players, Mitchell Moses missed a lot of time through injury. He's out again this week. Gutho, I understand. He came off early in the game against Melbourne and didn't return. But, like, a lot of these players haven't played a huge amount of minutes together. Why, why rest them? Penrith's tactic, I like. Penrith have said, Look, we've been clunky the last two weeks. We haven't, last two, three weeks since Nathan's been back, we haven't found our straps yet and we're not playing the best football that we can. We're going to play everyone. Get these reps in, get an easy win and find our rhythm heading into the finals. I really like what Penrith has done, naming a full squad. Very different to what Melbourne have done, but Melbourne have, yeah, Melbourne. Melbourne's a bit of a different beast, but yeah, really dislike what Parramatta's done. uh, Panthers for me. Yeah, it's unusual. They've they've lost um, they've lost uh, three of their last five. They've been really sort of scattered since uh, Moses was in Origin. It, I, for me, it's a really weird choice, and I I just don't think that they've had this huge run against all these top eight teams. So it's probably their mentality of we'll have the break with this one. But I just don't think they played well enough in those games to warrant the rest. Um, obviously, they've got other ideas, but especially they've just found their form. It's weird to reward yourself with a week off, but um, if that's what they want to do, then that's it. I would still always go for fourth, but, you know, because it, you could come up against a Cronulla team that's just beaten Melbourne. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. So um, I'm also going Panthers there. Now, Broncos Knights uh, is the next noon at Suncorp. Um, Flegler took an early plea for a high tackle charge and will miss four matches. Um, his place has been taken by Bullimore. Ricky is good to go after his late withdrawal last week with an ankle injury, so Rabadi reverts to the bench. Pia Kura was hit with two match bans for dangerous contact and his place has been taken by Reese Kennedy. And Pakes and Mead are the new faces on the interchange bench. For the Knights, Clemmer will return from suspension in the front row and Jacob Saifidi gets a break. Braley and Barnett are also being rested and their places are taken by Randall and Brody Jones. Heimel Hunt is also being rested. His place taken by Stafford Toa. Phoenix Crossland and Jack Johns are the new faces on the bench. The Knights are five in a row. 
Um, they have seventh spot secured, and they take on a Broncos side that probably just wants to end the season on a high. Yeah, but Broncos have been playing all right. They haven't taken the foot off the pedal. And look, I watched a lot of that Knights-Titans game, and neither team deserved to win that game. There were some really, really questionable decisions down the down the stretch for the Knights. Their attack looked bad, and they're you know they've won these five games in a row, but not one of those games, Emmanuel, has been a convincing victory that tells you, okay, this team uh, may be a chance to upset. The Roosters or Parramatta, whoever it is, they find themselves versing in the first week of the finals. I just haven't seen it. I, they they haven't put together a complete performance. Uh, I'm tipping. I'm tipping. Oh, it's really tough. You know what? I got to catch up on the tipping, Emmanuel. I'm tipping the Broncos. They almost got them a couple of weeks ago when they versed each other. I'm tipping the Broncos. I haven't liked what I've seen out of the Knights. Maybe this is the week they put it together, but I just thought they were very ordinary against the Titans, and I think the Broncos can beat them if they've been if they play like they have been playing the last few weeks. Yeah, I'm to be. I'm actually to put the Broncos down too because it's after, it's afternoon football. I think Brisbane could play a style. I, I, I did. Newcastle struggled against the Titans. Yeah, they couldn't score. How can you not score against the Titans? Yeah. You're telling me. You're telling me. <laughs> okay, so 5.30 Saturday, the Cowboys play the Seagulls. Uh, Cotter has been sidelined by a minor shoulder complaint with Hess making a surprise return to the lineup and Tamalolo swapping the number eight for the number 13. Lachlan Burr is concussed, uh, had a concussion and returns, but for the extended bench. Uh, for Manly, Hasler has only made minor changes Um given that Manly will need a win to lock up fourth spot if the Eels beat Penrith on Friday. So Kepi and Pasika return on the bench. Um, Sipley and Sirenin are on the extended bench, and Josh Alloway gets another start at prop after a strong performance against the Bulldogs, but he'll be wearing number eight rather than number 17. Uh, Manly were a bit lucky last week, so Dogs gave them a bit of a scare. Uh, Cowboys coming off that win against St. George, but I think they'll be too strong here. Yeah, look, they've named a pretty full-strength side. They want to lock up fourth place. And I think this is one of the reasons why Parramatta have just said, screw it, let's rest everyone, because I don't think there's too many scenarios in which the Cowboys beat Manly. Uh, I think that Manly just, they weren't, they didn't put their foot down against the Dogs. They they knew it was the Bulldogs, this team that's won two games all year, and they Went a bit easy. They still got away with the win, so I don't think you can take too much out of that result. Uh, Manly, for me, should get it done pretty easily. Yeah, no, I agree. Okay, so Saturday night, South uh, play St. George on the Sunshine Coast. Um, so big stories coming out of this. Matt Checkin uh, will probably referee his last NRL game. Yep. Uh, I think he's one of the one of the better referees. So this could be his last game. Um, the other massive, massive story, probably the biggest story of the week, Mark Nichols is the captain. Absolutely incredible. It's been a hell of a week for us. After, after uh, his double. After he scored a double, um, his mate had to get a tattoo because he scored a double, and uh, now he's been named captain of the Pride of the League. So what a week for him. Um, Souths with an eye to the future. So their spine, their one, six, seven, and 9, have played a combined total of 350 games. 
So there's about four for Tough. There's one for um, Pete Mamazella and Hooker. Lachlan Ilias is on debut, and the other 344 go to Benji Marshall. So this is going to be uh, quite a game um, with Souths resting Reynolds, Cook, Gagai, um, Knight, and Burgess. Latrell's obviously suspended, and uh, Arrow, Murray, Johnson, and Walker are all listed in the reserves. So this is the first year under Wayne that Souths have been able to do this because the last year and the year before, we needed to win our last round games to secure. Um, spots in the top four and top eight. So um, this should do South some good. Uh, for the Dragons, um, Anthony Griffin's made minimal changes despite their seven in a row against the Cowboys. Bill's been promoted to the extended bench to take over from Lomax. Um, and Ben Hunt, thought to be a chance to return from broken arm, has failed to make it back for the final game of the season. Michael Souths were heavy favourites. And despite the team list, they're still favourites. Yeah, I'm tipping South, um, which is, you know, says a lot about the Dragons at the moment. Uh, I yeah. would just like to point out that I have been saying the Dragons are a bad team all year. Uh, and that early season flurry where they were sitting at sixth at one point was not going to last. Uh, yeah. I'm pretty happy with how uh, that prediction has turned out. They didn't come last. I thought they'd be the wooden spooners. Um, unfortunately, I was wrong on that account. But... Yeah, South for me should get the win. A, a, a bigger question for South Emmanuel is how they replace the troll. And I asked you this yesterday, I believe. Who goes to fullback? Uh, we've seen Cody Walker play there. We've seen Taft play there. Do they run with Walker at fullback? Do they run with Johnson at fullback? It's going to be an interesting question, uh, especially heading into finals where you want experience on the park. I would personally lean to having Cody Walker at fullback and Benji Marshall slot in at six. I think it, it keeps South's attack uh, very similar to what it is. And then defensively, Cody Walker has a lot more experience than Taft does. Um, that would be how I would lean. But I, I, I think it probably will be Taft who gets a nod uh, in the custodian position week one of the finals. Yeah, I don't think Taft has... I don't think um, Marshall has the... Um... Has the fitness. Yeah, that's probably it. Um, I like the spark he brings and prefer that as an option. Even if later in the game, Taft comes off, Cody goes to fullback and Marshall comes in. Yeah. I just think it's a better way to do it. I think Taft has good energy. And sometimes, Mike, it's you throw a young kid in and they're just so excited to be there. They've got all the energy that sometimes a more experienced player lacks. So sure. um, I, it, like it should be good. And just on your Dragons thing, I note that You've been riding St. George off your whole life, so it's it's not really a um it's not really a revelation <laughs> this year for you. Um, yes. So that yes. one should be uh, interesting. Now Sunday afternoon, the Titans and the Warriors, the Gold Coast also vying for a spot in the eight. Um, we'll need some of the other results to go their way, um, and we'll also know by then because the Sharks and the Raiders will have played. So um, it makes for an interesting possible final day of the regular season. So for the Titans, Proctor, who's been battling an AC joint sprain, has been named, but Ash Taylor misses out. Um, Tyron Peachy's again been picked to wear six. David Fafita's named on the interchange, even though the Titans will be chasing a huge win to boost their points differential. Um, and the only change to last week, 17, Fotoaka has been promoted from the bench to start at prop, and Tino slides back to lock, and Sam McIntyre to the bench for the Warriors. Tad Townsend has been left out after picking up a shoulder injury against the Raiders, with Sean O'Sullivan shifting to half and Chanel Harris-Tavita returning to the lineup at 5'8". 
Lodge has been named despite his date at the judiciary tonight. Um, and Tanua Brown comes onto the interchange in place of Bunty Afoa, picked up a hamstring injury at training on Tuesday, and Tavanga stays on the extended bench. Uh, Titans have more to play for, but the Warriors could easily win this one. They could. I, yeah, uh, it's, it's really tough. I think the Warriors just play generally with a bit more heart than the Titans players do. But as you said, the Titans, it, it really depends uh, how if they know, go. if they know, yeah. and this is, and this will get up our next. I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring something up after once we announce our next game, which is the last game of the round, Emmanuel, uh, which is the Bulldogs versus the Tigers, which is a game that has no bearing on the top eight whatsoever. This yeah. is the four o'clock slot on Channel Nine and has no bearing on the finals whatsoever. This is where you wish that the scheduling gods could uh, could flex this game out. And you would put a. This is where Cronulla versus Melbourne should play, because you're going to have Canberra fighting for their lives. You're going to have Titans fighting for their lives, and it could all matter for North when the when the Sharks at the very end of the week get that win over Melbourne. That's how this should be shaken out instead of a, a nothing game in uh, Tigers versus Dogs playing. I'm going to tip the Titans in the game before Emmanuel. And uh, do you want to run the, run through the team list for Titans dogs, uh, Tigers dogs? Yeah, so Seifath returns, uh, suffered a knee injury against the Panthers and season's over. Talangi returns to the side to take his place. Uh, and for the dogs, Waddell returns from suspension to take the spot vacated by Matt Dory, who's done an ACL. Napa is only back from a ban only as far as the extended bench, um, where he's joined by Avarillo. Wakeham returns, uh, retains the number six jumper and Katoa gets another start at dummy half. Chris Smith missed out on a place in the 20-man squad, 21-man squad. Um, I saw the dogs today announce they're doing a bit of a clean-out, Mike. Yep. Um, so watch that space. Now, who are you going like, for in that see, game? I'm going for the Tigers. It seems like, oh, actually, you know what? No, I'm not going for the Tigers. I'm going for the Bulldogs, Emmanuel. We're teaming the Bulldogs. Last game of the season, I reckon they can get a win under their belt their third win of the season against the Tigers team that has absolutely nothing to play for and just wants his season to be over so they can bid Luke Brooks farewell. Uh, yeah, Bulldogs for me, but I will not be watching this game. Yeah, Matt Lodge has avoided a two-match ban, by the way. Um, now, just quickly, on that idea of the scheduling, I think the reason it's done is if you have a look at the, the teams playing on the Sunday, it's four teams that are probably unlikely to play in the big games in the first week of the finals based on last year's form, which is why they're put there. Um, I know one thing that the AFL does or was doing pre-COVID was sort of releasing the draw for the final rounds in terms of what day everyone plays the weekend of or the weekend before, at the end of the second last round. It's probably something for the NRL to consider. Yeah, I, um, I, I know the EPL, I think that just something like the APL, they play if, if even regardless of whether the title's locked up or not, the EPL play all their games at the exact same time, which it's not going to happen in the NRL because it's like a, a television nightmare and no one's going to be watching any games. But, you know, flesh this out, schedule it so that you're going to get the most entertainment out of the weekend instead of no one caring about football past Saturday night. Yeah, well, this is the... I mean, the, we used to announce the... the the scheduling four weeks in advance or whatever, and then we have to change it. So it's about finding a balance. Um, yeah. Mike, 
If you recall, we had a couple of topics that we thought we were going to run this week. Um, we were going to talk about potential rule changes. Um, we were going to talk about a possible, uh, or maybe we already did it, about a, a, a draft or a transfer window. Um, we had so much to discuss, but Latrell Mitchell delivered in spades. Um, we're still friends, which is which is probably the great news. I wasn't sure if we we're going to get to that point. Yeah. Um, and it's 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 wonderful. We, we've nearly made another season. So um, yeah, yeah, we're close. Yeah, and look, we've got there's going to be less games to talk about every week from now on. So we're going to have plenty of time to do other stuff. We missed the top four this uh, this week because of how big uh, the blow up was after last Friday night. So we're going to come back with the top four next week. Uh, there's plenty more. We're going to keep on giving you podcasts all throughout the finals. And yeah, we're excited. Finals time, best time of the year, Emmanuel. Uh, let's get ready. Even though both our teams are punches chances. Let's get ready. Everyone keep talking Souths down. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with it. Write us off. Write <laughs> us off. Uh, red line right through you. I think it happened after Penrith scored 50 on you. Yeah. And then Storm. Um, yeah. Okay, let's, <laughs> let's end it there. Uh, as always, please don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. Emmanuel's rolling his eyes at me. I love it. Uh, and we will be back next week. But one more thing, Emmanuel. How good is rugby league? How good is rugby league? Glory, glory. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.